Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. Christmas sports fans. Wow. Uh, yeah. Tis the season. I'm Aaron. This is, and, and this is Stefan. And this is Stefan. This, yeah, is, this Stephan. is Stefan. Yeah. Um, your holliest, jolliest hosts of uh, Vancouver Canucks podcast. Um, yeah. Merry this, Christmas and, this and happy Christmas holidays, season. Um, this is our, our last episode before Christmas, I believe. Yes. So. Um, I'm, I'm going to be in Vernon. In wow. Lumbee, BC. Lumbee? So, yeah, which is like just outside of Vernon. Lumbee. Um, I don't know. I've never heard of Lumbee before. Yeah, I think it's it's uh it's real small. It's a it's a, it's a village. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two thousand um, people. All right. One it, looks, of, it looks quite nice. Yeah, right by the one of whom is my sister. So uh There you go. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm gonna be out there till Wednesday. So I think the only game is just is San Jose on Sharks game on Saturday. So Yeah. I, I mean, I'm gonna try and watch some of it still. Like, I don't think there's a big plan for tomorrow night. Yeah, like, that's a home game too. They're back home after their road trip, and then it's you know what? I, I okay, I just realized they're playing Philly on on December 28th, and I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like they stopped doing this for a while. But remember, it used to they used to always play the Flyers on like New Year's for some reason. Yeah. Well, last year on New Year's Eve they played Calgary and Calgary, and I went to the game, and it was a great way to to spend my new oh, year's right. eve yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I, so this is nice i mean it's not on new year's it's on the 28th but yeah. it does sort of bring me back a little return bit return uh, yeah with a v that's nice yeah there you go uh but yeah i mean i'm trying to watch the game still my uh oh. my girlfriend has demko yeah. into smith and fantasy and it's like a close goalie matchup so i know she's going to oh, be wow. like into it yeah. and uh i mean i used to always watch games with my mom i know she's not into it now but Maybe I can be like, hey, it'll be like when I was a teen and we'd watch. Yeah, uh, and, and the Canucks are good. And the Canucks you know? are good. It'll be and just like, good, once again, so. like I was a teen. Um, yeah. Okay. So I was going to bring this up later in the show, but it's kind of a, a more natural segue. Um, I was listening to the the morning show, like the mm-hmm. Halford and Bruff, but Halford and Bruff were on vacation. So it was actually Canucks talk. Okay. And brought up a, actually like a thought experiment. So if you could drop a player from the past it, i guess it was like a basketball oh. question that came up um so is any player uh in your franchise history yeah from like they had you couldn't just say like say messier and get like prime messier you'd get like right. Canucks have, messier. yeah when they were yeah. when they were on the team and you can only pick one they're clones uh they will age as well so you don't get them forever yeah so but and as i know like the age i know my the team well fuck there's there's Man, I mean, obviously, like Prime Bure would be fucking insane. Imagine Prime Bure with Pedersen. That that would be wouldn't unreal. that be so fucking cool? With how fast think, he is and how like talk it likes to play. I think legitimately a close second is Prime Todd Bertuzzi for that year and a half where he was like the best player in the league. Yeah, that's like, like the problem is is like Prime Todd Bertuzzi was like twenty seven. Yeah, he was a he bit was, older. He was he was so 
so fucking good. And he would dominate with like the current rules on clutching and grabbing. Oh my God. I mean, and so would Burray, obviously, too. Um, So for me, I think it's, I think you have to say Burray in his prime because he was like so good, obviously. But I think. Like even like you know Naslin in his prime was obviously That's incredible. The, the, the Sedins right? were like, incredible. It's it's tough to obviously with, like that. Those are great picks too. With but. the Sedins, like one their prime came later, right? Yeah. So you'd be kind of waiting for that. I mean, maybe in a different situation, and you only get one of them. So it's like yeah. I mean, I would take prime Henrik Sedin by himself on this team, but I do think you're probably getting better value with a uh, Bertuzzi or Bure because Bertuzzi was the first one that jumped to my head as well. He was um, man. I would just love to fucking see him, like now, basically. But you gotta, you, know I mean? you gotta respect Naslin too. Like well, the, that's the thing. Like, I, I really think there's like, there's a lot of players to choose from. Yeah, um, G- given like the Canucks' current situation. Yeah. Um, where like, what would you want is probably a top six, like top flight elite winger, and like yeah. Naslin when he was in his prime, he was doing like Kucherov shit. Oh, like Kucherov's so doing this good, season, man. like I think people forget how good he was. He was yeah. so fucking the amount of good. points that he was able to put up in like the most dull, boring clutch and grab era of hockey. Yeah. Really, um, and I mean, I guess Bertuzzi did that as well, and he also has like the size thing. But yeah, I don't know. Like, if you bring Todd Bertuzzi to now, is he also liable to fucking snap? I mean, probably there is also that, right? Um, <laughs> you do worry about that. So you're saying, wait, is the is it like you get them at the start of their career? Or you get them just in their prime. You can just like pick, right away. You, you can just pick. So you, I you mean, could bring in like a twenty-six-year-old Todd Bertuzzi, or like when did Bure come over? He's like twenty-three. Yeah, I I think in see in that case, like you wouldn't want to wait for Bertuzzi to get good, obviously, and who knows how is like you can't. I mean, I would be yeah, assuming you, the development you, goes you, exactly you, you the same in, way. You bring in Bertuzzi like he's Heronic, right? Like you get him when he's like twenty-five yeah, if, if or twenty-six. We're, if we're airdropping in. Like that year, look, I like because I I was young when Bray was around, so I don't really remember yeah. him that much. But obviously, I've seen like I remember him more like '98, like when they yeah. switched to the Orca logo, and like I I remember thinking he was really cool, and like I, I remember when they traded him. I remember when like McGill like McGillney would be a good choice oh, too. To be I didn't honest. even think like, of McGillney at all. That would be a really yeah. good one. But I I think like God, it's it is really like I I. I don't think it's necessarily tough. I think Burray is the is the objectively correct answer because yeah. he would he would like it would be essentially like having McDavid on the team. Like he's yeah. he's the closest player in Canucks history to someone like McDavid. I'm not saying he's as good. McDavid is like a whole yeah. different beast, but he's close, right? Like he's he was so fucking well, good in his. I, I learned a couple of like Bert, not Bertuzzi Burray history things where like okay. when he came over from the USSR, he yeah. fucking. Went to California with like his dad and his brother Valerie, and yeah. like no one was there to meet them. I think there was yeah. like maybe a trainer or something, and then he had to like kind of find his way back up. And then also yeah. when it came to like re-signing him, they like settled on a deal, and then we're like, "Psych, this is in Canadian dollars." Oh, so like, what? yeah, <laughs> uh, which would never happen today. So because the worry with Bure is like, is he going to want out again? Because part of that was yeah. like all the attention that he got, which would be the same if not worse now um but i guess like the way that pr has changed since then like maybe he could be more like isolated or whatever um yeah you think now he'd be represented by milstein so he's he's the answer it would be interesting i mean this this could honestly be the whole episode because it would be interesting to look at like other positions too right because like well we could get like prime like 
Prime Oland? Like, yeah. Oh, uh, the like one they prime brought up on the show Sallow? this morning was Prime Semi Sallow with yeah. uh, Quinn Hughes. Oh my on the god! Right Can you imagine him with, like, setting up one timers? Holy fuck! That would be yeah. unreal. Or uh, Prime I, Ham Hughes obviously was like yeah. ridiculous. Ham Hughes left side. I, I was thinking Prime Bxo with Hughes. Oh, that how would fun really would that fun. be? That would be really fun, man. Yeah, that would be fun. I mean, obviously, like I don't think he would. I mean, I wouldn't say no to him, but like that the year we like Airhoff Prime Airhoff as yeah. well. Yeah, our true. power play is like i mean get him on there i don't know i mean yeah i mean the there's power, a lot of things power to say. already like, the, so the other thought that i had um which like i don't think he would choose this over over bure but like mm-hmm. if the, they could bring in prime ryan kessler with his oh defensive God. impact as and like, like a, as like our third ability line to, center and ability to win like not win 40 but score 40 goals well yeah. i think you bring him in as your second line center and then you could have yeah. jt with pedersen God, reunite dude. the auto line Oh, but I mean, then you could just keep like the current like second line with Miller, Besser and Hoaglander and have yeah. Pedersen and Bure. I think that's still like Fuck, more man. attractive. Yeah. I think I think Bure is the objectively correct answer. The Sedins are interesting because obviously they would still be insanely good, but yeah. not having them as a package deal does make it, it skewers you know? it for sure. Well, and the for- other person we haven't even mentioned is uh, is Luongo. I guess well, yeah, there's Demko I was thinking, now, right? But you think no, about Prime Luongo playing Prime 70, Luongo was unreal. 72 games with like a 930 save percentage. Yeah. Like you, you got to consider, and you think of his longevity as well, like knowing how For he sure. was able to. Yeah. I mean, obviously Demko is really good. And like, I think that's like the smallest amount of upgrade between yeah. like that you could do on the roster. Cause yeah. like Demko goalies are the least of our problems, but exactly. obviously that would be incredible. But man, I think like, for me, I think it is Bure first for sure. And yeah. I'm interested to see what the Discord says about this. Um, yeah, I think totally. This could, this could be a great discussion. Like, honestly, this this might end up being like <laughs> 40 minutes in the episode because there's, the games are they're interesting to talk about, obviously. But it is also like the holiday season, too. Yeah. So it's kind of like... That's our... I, so that, Bertuzzi our, is, is like number two with a bullet for me. Like prime Bertuzzi for that year and a half. Yeah. I remember that was like sort of around when I was like really getting into hockey like i followed it before but like that was when i got like really into it was going to games with my dad and stuff and like that year he was like like legitimately i don't i don't think like people today who didn't watch him like he was unstoppable he was like Lindros level. Like it was fucking crazy how good he was. He a little was you couldn't move in front you, of the net. You like... couldn't stop him in front. Imagine having Bertuzzi on on the power play. Oh my god. Like, is prime your net Bertuzzi front? You as could, your net front and you, could, and you could move JT back to like his uh like yeah. half wall spot. Oh my god. And like Pedersen with Bertuzzi would be so much fun. Oh god. Cuz Bertuzzi was a the thing with him, he was so, he had such soft hands and he was so good at passing as well, which yeah. was so crazy. He was really good Couple at passing. Couple that with so. Pedersen's shot. You're you're converting oh. me to like picking Bertuzzi over I like Bure would obviously be like unreal but like mm-hmm. i'm kind of more interested in seeing what prime bertuzzi would be like in because with with like who's the closest play like tage thompson i don't know how physical tage thompson is yeah not bertuzzi, to the same degree bertuzzi was like a beast he would like remember that hit on well he hit mckinnis did he hit chelios and then um, I, I gotta look up some bertuzzi hits right now <laughs> uh i think there was the one on yeah Bertuzzi was 245 pounds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and he just crushed McKinnis in 03. God, he destroyed him. Yeah, holy shit. 
And then uh, I think it was, who did he hit behind the net? Um, the Chelios one was massive. Do you remember that one? Oh, it was uh, Jackman. Oh, the Jackman hit, I remember. I'm going to link you the, uh, the Chelios one, Matt. Yeah, this is not good quality up. video, no. but <laughs> <laughs> it's the blurriest video I've ever seen. Oh, oh my God, man. I mean, you can tell what, he just crushed him here. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that, okay i don't know if that uh that penalty would be or that penalty if that that hit would be allowed now he'd probably be facing well, he's a kind suspension. of turning i mean honestly like that's the kind of hit that like has been called like 50 percent of the time this year right but I, I do love that the title of the video is bertuzzi kills chelios <laughs> but the bertuzzi jackman hit is the one i'm thinking of and he fucking destroys him and it's like this would be a clean hit today was that playoffs it, too or was that like after it, they played them in the playoffs this was i think this was like the following year it oh, was because they played them in the murdered him. they played them in the playoffs in 03 in the first round and beat them and then yeah. this was october so this would have been like okay, the opening yeah. game probably yeah, yeah, i'm watching yeah. the hit right now oh my god man and it's such a clean hit too mm -hmm. like it's it's just like shoulder to chest and he fucking destroys him. I'm seeing in the comments that Jackman had a separated shoulder from this. I believe I it. I could believe it, man. He gets... Like, Bertuzzi was 245 pounds. I, man, I he's... I might put him number one as, like, as cool as it would be to see Bure. And obviously how, like, unstoppable he would be. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think for, like, for the good of the team, Bure is the right answer. And also entertainment value, too. But, like, man... Prime Bertuzzi on this team would just be I, so. I mean, I was oh. a, I was a my, my handle Bertovo is Bertuzzi yeah, and Jovo. I mean, Jovanovski so would like, be interesting always, too. Uh, yeah, they, I guess that just doesn't get like the juices flowing. You know, someone we didn't mention at all also didn't come up when I heard it on the radio this morning. Yeah, Trevor Linden. Yeah, I, guess I mean, he's just I get not, like, like as big of a game breaker, right? He was like obviously really good, but yeah, I think I think like you know. You compare him to like the players we're talking about yeah, now. And yeah, obviously, in like their primes, they were like new, so much more level. skilled. God, is there anyone? I think the thought experiment would be more like who's a player that's not like a you know a top like thirty or forty yeah. player in Canucks history that you would bring back. And for me, the answer is easy, and it's Kyle Wellwood. Oh, okay, yeah, I would fucking love he's a, to see. He, he's not really a talk it player though. Well, I don't know because he was really because he was like sort of right on the cusp of, of advanced stats being a thing, and I yeah. feel like he's the type of player who would be an analytics darling. And I think he <laughs> was legitimately quite good defensively because he was such a smart player. Um, I <laughs> so I think it would just be interesting to see him in the current day NHL because I think he would be really, really good. Yeah, no, I believe that. I okay after watching that Bertuzzi clip, I just yeah. got uh. <laughs> recommended a video called Lee Gorin destroys Turco from 16 years ago. <laughs> oh man! Well, Lee Gorin, I don't think he's on yeah, our list. I don't, list, I don't but... think he's making the list. No, the the when I oh, was it's like the Turco dive. Oh yeah. man, Turco used to dive so much. When God, I was thinking damn. of like lesser players earlier, my when I was at work today, mm -hmm. um, the one that came to my head was Rafi Torres. Would be a lot of fun. Oh man! I mean, he would get he would get kicked out of the league. <laughs> yeah, think. but like, yeah, he would. Be, like, you know who would be really fun? Yarko mm, Ruto. Yeah, I was gonna say Yarko Ruto or like Matt yeah. Cook as well. Oh, Matt Cook would be. I mean, another player who <laughs> yeah would be fun. But man, he would get kicked out if he played yeah. this way he did back then. He would get kicked out of the league for sure. Um, 
Yeah, you know who would okay. Like I know this is just turning into remembering some guys. Yeah, and that's yeah, kind of cool. like we'll that's get, always we'll, we'll get it, it always makes for a good yeah. episode. Um Samuelson, I think, would would fit this team oh, quite yeah. well. Because yep. he was just a very smart player. He mm-hmm. fit the the twenty eleven team quite well, uh also. God damn, dude. Yeah. Man. Oh that era this is great. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of just like like you start thinking about like the players that you loved in your your youth or whatever. Like yeah. Mel Holtra. When he was with the Cardinals, yeah, I was like, but that doesn't really make sense from like a team building perspective, right? Because well, he like, would just be like, he was a, like, like put him on the third line. You put him on the third line. It's not really addressing a need. Um, but Arthur and our the Canucks third line right now is like one of the best lines in the league. It's incredible. Yeah. It's really, really good. Okay, that's oh. a that's a thing I wanted to talk about today as sure, well. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm just looking at my notes, and I, I was going to lead with something, but well, fuck, I'm just going to say that now. Yeah, I was. I learned this week that there's a an Ottawa Senators podcast. Yeah. And um it's like a podcaster, like a media dude. Okay. And then it's like Bobby Ryan. Oh yeah, I think I've heard and about then, this one. Yeah. And then coming in hot oh yeah, and Jason York. Brent Wallace is the media guy. Okay. So Jason I'm, York, I think also a former senator and yeah, former also, Anaheim Duck, I wanna say. Mighty yeah. Duck. I think that's right. I I, I definitely remember Mike the York? name is like because yeah you met you, you conflate it with Mike yeah Anaheim Ducks Anaheim Ducks Ottawa Nashville yeah. Detroit okay yeah but we need a yeah. we need an NHL or third chair on our show we do yeah who you know who I would the ideal one for me yeah, is Hanson. Hanson yeah yeah <laughs> oh man you'd also be yeah. a talkie player. Oh, ha- yeah, for sure. Well, because he, he does, people are kind of drawing the comparison between him and, um, and Hoaglander, you know, like right? Yeah. right? So, um, man, remembering some guys is so much fun. Yeah. But I, I am just going to be thinking about, obviously, like, Prime Bure, if, if you popped Prime Bure onto the Canucks, they would be, like, a legitimate cup contender. Oh, yeah. But, absolutely. And, Pri- and, and I think Prime Bertuzzi as well, And Prime Bertuzzi, and as, Prime well, Bertuzzi right? as well. Like, and honestly, Prime Naslin, too. Like, well, imagine the imagine replacing around. Kuzmenko with Prime Naslin. Oh, God. Ugh. Imagine plonking oh. Demko into that uh, Naslin Bertuzzi oh, team. God damn, dude! Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> Looking at it the other way. Um, <laughs> oh, or, or Pedersen, Pedersen on the 2011 team. Edward, oh. Or Quinn Hughes. Okay, uh, uh. another hypothetical. This one came from Twitter, actually. Lobster butt. Um. Oh yeah, because I, I tweeted earlier in the week. Like, it'd be funny if you know that sports interaction commercial where. It's like Pronger and Drysidle and Marner, and it's like pickleball eighty style. And this is the bat fetcher trick with my teeth. <laughs> you know that one, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like they're at like a summer house, and they're doing like di- little different competitions. Yeah, and yeah. There's a lot of cusses that are bleeped out. Yes. I was, yeah, I was yeah. just thinking it'd be funny if Pronger like took Drysidle aside and was like, "Hey, we gotta get you the fuck out of Edmonton." <laughs> Drysaddle um, has not been having like his usual no, insane year. Yeah, as a as a Drysaddle fantasy owner. Well, I um, traded him in my other keeper league this ooh, year, and I'm glad I did. Smart. Although the players I traded for are not doing great either. So, but uh, at Lobster Boy asked if you could put Connor McDavid on any team, not yours. So we can't think yeah, about yeah. him on the Canucks. Which yeah. would it be? Uh, for me, this I think this is an easy one. I think it's the Devils. Okay, why is I, that? I would play him with Hughes. Oh, him just like both, for watching the hockey. Hughes. Just and also because like I like the Devils too. Yeah, for um, for me. Yeah. Buffalo Sabres. Oh, that's a yeah. Yeah. For like a, a bunch of reasons. Yeah. Like one, it would 
like hopefully pull Buffalo out of beating in the sad club. That'd be very yeah. funny to go to another situation without a goalie, but I'm yeah. I'm playing God here. The other yeah. reason why I would like it is it would make Toronto fans really mad. Oh, that's a good Because that's point. the whole thing is he's like from Ontario and he's coming back home. So like Buffalo would be like really close to his home. Yeah. But not in Toronto, which would be cool. Um, so I think it would like, irritate them a lot. And Buffalo deserved him in the first goddamn place. For sure. That's so, a that's a that's a good call. Yeah. For me, yeah, Buffalo would be nice. New Jersey, I, I like the team and they're already a very fun team to watch. Yeah. Having him on there would would make a lot of sense. Also, um, for like uh, the the same like pissy off Toronto reason, I think Ottawa would be really funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Or or honestly, Montreal too. Yeah, or Montreal. Yeah, yeah. like it's they that that poll that came out earlier this week that Jay Fresh did on Twitter about um mo- team's most hated fan bases. Yeah, and the Canucks were it was Toronto, Edmonton, and then Vancouver. That's really right. Funny. For me. For me, Toronto is like the the like third probably out of those three. Like I, Edmonton is first for sure. Yeah, I would honestly maybe even put Chicago above there just because in terms of like yep. they don't deserve. And yeah, like, yeah, Toronto. I don't hate Toronto that much, and I understand the Toronto hate obviously. But yeah, we see like them the twice a year. Right? I it's the coverage for sure. But you can also just like ignore that. Like I'm not watching Sports Center. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm exactly. watching highlights on my own most of the time. So. I don't see that as much and I'm not as online anymore. So that's maybe part of it too. But like, I get it. If you're, if you're digesting, you know, sports center or sports net, whatever you're, you're on that stuff all the time. That makes sense. Hey, yeah. but like, and even like the four o'clock start time over here, I don't hate that much either. So Toronto is like lower down on the list for me. Yeah. Um, but Edmonton is number one with a bullet. Like no. Yeah, no, bullet. they're evil. Um, that, oh, they fucking suck, man. <laughs> Fuck Edmonton. <laughs> I, but, like, with the tr- the other team, the reason why I brought this up is you, you mentioned Montreal, right? Mm-hmm. And they were the mm-hmm. other team on the list that listed their own fan base yeah. as, like, ones the that only they hated. Two, the only two teams to get it right, honestly. Yeah. The, the only like, two teams to get it right. I it, It's weird because when I think about Montreal and, like, Montreal fans, like, I don't have any sort of resentment to them like whatsoever no, i think all. maybe because in 2011 they were like seemed to be the only fan base that they didn't, were. didn't do the heel turn yeah. so there's some like respect maybe it's just like the the montreal fans like we have a couple in our discord and um, i like montreal fans i wonder about them hating each other if it's like an english french thing maybe yeah there could be something there. and like i think from a media coverage standpoint like i don't consume any french media at all right mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. I would definitely rank uh, Toronto as more hated over Montreal just because, like, I don't have to listen to fucking French Craig Simpson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, But I do think Montreal and Vancouver were the only two to get it right because if you don't hate your own fan base, you are not doing it right. Mm-hmm. You, you, are, you are fucking up. Like, Edmonton fans not hating their own fans, that shows you how fucking easy they have it. You yeah. Know? And how fucking stupid they are. Like, if you don't hate your own fans, you are, you are a total moron. Because the majority of Canucks fans, and there's been, man, there's been some, some, uh, a lot of bullshit going on on Twitter where the stupidest fans alive who were pro Benning for like eight years, the entire time, mm-hmm. the Canucks could do no wrong, uh, for the entire time. Like they are, they are acting like they're acting like they were right, but they're not right because they just said the Canucks would be good constantly. Right? Yeah, it's like a broken clock is is right yeah, like that, twice a day. Not or whatever, how, right? It's not how that works, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, I mean, total morons who think they were right about something, and and of course, uh, 
we're absolutely not. Um, and it is just, it's so, it's genuinely so funny to see that. It's really, really funny to see that. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that fan base poll also, it's like, it's sort of skewed by like the types of fans who follow J fresh. Maybe. Yeah, right? probably. Yeah. That's a good um, point because like average Joe off the street, isn't going to be following the player cards guy on Twitter. No, right. No, but I, I think in that case, I do think most of the fan base is hating Toronto is like probably generally correct. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, it's Edmonton number one with a bullet. It's not mm -hmm. even fucking close. Like Toronto, it's like, I, I'm not like jealous of Toronto. You know what I mean? Edmonton no. fans have it so good. They've had it so good their entire existence. They don't know. And they complain so much is, is what it is, right? With Toronto fans, it's like, you guys, look, you're not officially in the sad club, um, but you're, you're like honorary members, I would yeah. say probably. And like you guys have the right to complain about stuff. I, mm -hmm. I will say that. Like, yes, you've had draft lottery luck. Yes, you technically have won Stanley Cups before. But uh, you know, you you are kind of in the sad club. I would mm -hmm. say. Um, whereas like Edmonton, like that is a fan base that is never allowed to complain about anything ever again, ever. Like it's just not. You just can't. You Man, know? you know what's crazy? Fucking what's the that? Toronto Maple Leafs have nine regulation wins. They have not the Canucks in comparison have twenty one. Yeah, like, Toronto has not looked good this year. They have, I mean, they've they've won the dice roll in OT enough, but like that's less regulation wins than Edmonton, than Calgary. Yeah. They're yeah. they're tied in regulation wins with like Minnesota, Columbus, and Ottawa. Yeah, not not great. <laughs> they've won more that regulation win than Chicago or Anaheim. Yeah, two more than San Jose. Yeah, not that's, great. That's nutty. I don't really think that, I don't think that bodes particularly uh well for them. No, I I would I would say definitely not. <laughs> no. 16 wins overall. Um yeah, as it, looking at the standings, uh Canucks They, they lost they lost like 9-3 to Buffalo the other day or 9-4, yeah. didn't they? So. Um 9-3, because on aggregate of those two games that Buffalo played, they were plus one oh, right. goal differential. Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo lost to Columbus, that's right. They I lost Columbus 9-4, then they beat yeah. Toronto 9-3. Um, so yeah, plus one goal differential. But yeah, Canucks first in the league on points and first in the West by points percentage. That's so crazy, man. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who would have uh, thunk it? It's really, it is just genuinely... Like, I know it's not early in the season anymore. Yeah, either. I played you know 34 I mean? it's, it's games. Clo it's close to halfway through. 22, you know? 9, and 3. That's a legitimately good record. And, you know, I think even reading, like, the Athletics Power Rankings, I think they have the Canucks at, like, 6 or something, which I think is about right. Yeah. And they're just, like, they're, like, you know, uh, they're are they contenders? Maybe not. But they're a good team. Yeah. You know? And so we're, we're at that point now where it's, like, yeah, they're – they're a good team and it's I, really nice to see. And I really it, like it. And it's, it's interesting, right? Because like, I don't think they played particularly well against Dallas. Um, no. I think they, they got a really point out well of it on the road. Nashville. They got a point about oh, it on the road. Like I'm not Nashville was one of their best games of the year. Yeah. Like obviously you've got like the 10, one wins. The, yeah. The, you know, the win against the uh, other Edmonton, game like, against Nashville. Um, yeah. I would also yeah. put like the Florida and Tampa most recent games up there as well. But yeah, like yeah. go on this road trip, go two zero and two, pick up points in every game. Like, yeah, it's really nice to see. It. It's really and nice to I, see. You yeah. look under the hood and videos. I blah 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 blah. But it, I don't know. It it doesn't feel like what they're doing now is super unsustainable. 
Yeah, and I and you know maybe people have made this point before, and we've already seen it. Is when they is when they slumped, they were still a five hundred team. And it's yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's possible they have a slump where they lose like six in a row. Like that could obviously mm. happen. But uh, they don't strike me as the type of team a to do that necessarily. Yeah, and b even if that does happen, they'll ha- they'll get a six game winning streak right afterwards. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like the season's gonna happen. There's actually yeah. something I was thinking about last weekend when they had those just fucking miserable games against Minnesota and Chicago oh, uh, like God. after the games against Tampa and Florida yeah. and it's like I kind of just like weight different games differently like they could have yes. lost those two games and it would have been way less significant to me than them um if they lost like against Florida or Tampa they like, lost against what I consider to be a good team you know yeah under yeah. like more normal playing circumstances and it's the same thing with like that that Dallas game last night, like that seemed meaningful to me for sure. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I think Dallas was the better team. Like they could actually had some good stretches, like after they tied it and, um, around when they got the, their third goal, like the couple minutes preceding that, but I think like overall it was, uh, pretty yeah. thoroughly controlled by Dallas. Um, yeah, I would I would say so. Which I mean, um, I, mean, I mean, Dallas is a good team. I fucking hate playing Dallas uh, in Dallas because that fucking camera angle. It's oh, so yeah. annoying. I mean, it, it, it like especially in the playoffs when fans will stand up and just get in the way of the camera. At, at least they weren't in their neon jerseys. Don't like those. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, that is true. Um, that is that, definitely true. That Garland goal. Both the, the, the Josh, all three goals of the Canucks scored last night were fucking cool as hell. They were, the uh, the yeah. two on one goal, like no look pass from Garland to Joshua. Yeah. Who in fantasy I played Joshua over Matthew Kachuk last night because I needed hits. Yeah. And uh, Kachuk's been kind of like shitty lately. Yeah. Kachuk was like, I think he had one shot on net was minus three, and Dakota Joshua was like a goal assist. A fucking Joshua has been hits. unreal. He's been so good, and mm-hmm. I, am really, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, and you know, I obviously, I think we talked about this before. I hope we resign him, but he's like sort of pricing himself out right now. Yeah. Okay. So like, here's something that I wanted to to talk about uh, mm-hmm. today. So there's a lot of UFAs for the Canucks this offseason. They have like nine of them, yeah. I believe. Which in a lot of ways is good, right? Like depending on how the season went or how it goes, it gives them a lot of like a lot of flexibility, right? Which is something they yeah. haven't really had, uh, at least not under Rutherford, um, mm-hmm. and not under Benning as well, because he signed Louis Erickson to <laughs> fucking what was it five by six, six by six? Yeah, um, <laughs> I think it says it in the intro, uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, we, we've like mentioned this before, but they have Teddy Bluger, Sam Lafferty, Dakota Joshua, Myers, Zadorov, Ian Cole, Mark Friedman, and Casey DeSmith, all as UFAs. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of like contributors coming off the books. For sure. And obviously, they're not going to be able to keep all of them. So, as, like, what, what's like your priority for like keeping these UFAs? Um, Man, I mean, I think I really, I really do like Joshua. Mm -hmm. I think DeSmith is interesting too because he's been so good and it is such a nice luxury to have that backup goaltending. But, you know, maybe next year Shalom comes in. There's a big but there. Like, yes, he's been great. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the but is he's 32. Yeah. And 
I it would don't be like a think, two-year deal, right? I, I but, don't think you should be paying premium for backup goaltending. For like, absolutely not. I yeah, think no, you're I, you're I much agree. better off trying to do like look at Jonathan Quick in in New York, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Cam Talbot, whoever, right? You find someone that's done some good stuff in the past. Yeah. And you take a flyer on them and said it, or you like Silva's yeah. got a shutout last night. I know he's only like I think he's nine oh eight. I've I have the stats up here. Okay, he's a nine ten save percentage over sixteen games okay. in the AHL this year. Um, th- three shutouts. I mean, yeah, it's pretty. That's pretty good. And obviously, like ideally, you are bringing him in. Um, yeah, and I think sooner rather than later. So next year is another year where you can move freely without having to worry about waivers. So yeah. you could, if you want to, sign another veteran backup. But I yeah. just think with like how the Canucks are positioned cap wise, with like the raises that they're going to have to give Pedersen and I assume Philip Ronick. Um, yeah. I yeah. think that's somewhere well, where you could I save some money. Saravelli keeps saying he's gonna he's gonna cost eight million dollars plus, which is like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> I like, I it. I'm I'm hopeful that you're like you, you just go for term instead, where yeah. it's like, hey, here's seven something. Yeah, yeah, do like the Miller deal, but in reverse, right? Like maybe do like eight years, seven million, and then yeah. is he really gonna want to say no to what's that, sixty four million dollars? Yeah. Um. I, I probably uh, would would this, sign there, but I, I just saw this from from J Pat. This is interesting. I didn't mm. even really realize this, but here's here's the post. The Canucks will finish a meat grinder stretch of 23 games in 45 nights tomorrow versus San Jose. Their payoff comes with their next 23 after Christmas in 59 nights, which includes the All Star break. But that's oh, nice, really good. Like, yeah, they, they like were that that gonna have tired rest, excuse you know? is going to go away. Yeah, um, absolutely. But with. So yeah, DeSmith is like low priority. I think the other low priority, like Ian Cole, he's been fine. I, th- I think Ian Cole is a one year thing. Like um, he, next year, you just sign a different Ian Cole. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, if you if you want to, I think if also like to, yeah. I, I guess I'm doing this in like a reverse tiered list. Um, next for me would be Bluger. Yeah. Um, he's been really good. That third line's been good, but that third line was like good with Pew Suter, who's signed for next year. Yeah. And I think, like, in order to to fit some of these more expensive contracts in, you do want players that are contributing at lower cap hits. Yeah, and you've got absolutely. Nils Amon, who's like shown, like, yes, he doesn't have the same scoring touch as Teddy mm-hmm. Bluger, but he signed for two more years at eight twenty five. He's yeah. been good on the penalty kill. Yeah, um, only twenty three. Uh, scored a goal against Nashville. That was cool. Yeah, and, and I think like, y- yes, you'd probably prefer to have Bluger, but at like over a million dollars less. And like Bluger could probably demand more money this off season. I know there's a lot of interest in him when he came to Vancouver, and he just he chose Vancouver because he's familiar with Tockett and Alvin and Rutherford, etc. He has looked really good. He's he so has looked. I mean that third. But line I, yeah, I just I I wouldn't want to pay him no when there's I, I really other, hope they've, they've other learned. options like and, that's going to tell us a lot about how smart this front office is yeah based on like are they going to give term to like third and fourth line guys because that was like uh, among like uh, you know hundreds of problems with mm-hmm. the benning era was them you know and this is a little different but like signing someone like jay beagle for i mean how was that a fucking four-year contract let's see <sighs> 
Give I think it was, it was either three or four. Dude, I forgot. I, I forget this every time because I, I do just like push it out of my mind. It was a four-year, $12 million contract. Fuck me, man. That's so like, bad, dude. Mm. Let, me, let me look up his stats with the, with the Canucks because they were not good. So with the Canucks, his best, his best season with the Canucks. Uh-huh. Now, he never played a full season with them. Mm-hmm. Would you like to guess his best goal scoring? First of all, his best goal scoring season in NHL in his NHL career yeah. was 13. Oh my god. His best with one Washington, with the Canucks, I'm going to say 6. Oh, it's a bit lower than that. Oh, uh, Aaron, fuck. his best goal scoring season. And again, he wasn't brought in for goal scoring, but you still like a little bit of it. His mm-hmm. best goal scoring season as a Canuck was 3. He fuck scored me. <laughs> he scored 6 goals with the Canucks over oh the course my of, god. That, of that deal. His best points total was 13 in 57 games. Good Lord. I mean, that's an atrocious signing. And it really is one that like people have kind of memory hold because of yeah. how bad it was, like rightfully so, because it was total dog shit. But like, God damn, dude. Like, yeah, like Benning was so bad, man. He was such a fucking bad GM. It's crazy how bad he was. Um. Yeah, so on on that note as well, Sam Lafferty. Yes, he's been really good. He's he, been really good. But that's fast, another guy you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to give term to, right? Like, yeah, like just, I, I would I'd be more interested in them getting the next Sam Lafferty for a fifth exactly. round pick that they can't keep yeah. up versus like giving him a raise and signing him to term. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, if the price is right, like sure, I'm here for it. Uh, but that's like another lower priority, probably lower priority than Bluger. Um, yeah. And looking at Abbotsford as well, right? Like, yeah. I, I found this really interesting. Archdeep Baines is yeah. uh, at a 1.08 points per game wow. in the AHL right now. I've had 24 games. And okay. he's. How old is Baines? He is 22. All right. So, like, that's a good age to be putting up over a point per game in the AHL. Uh, other really interesting good, yeah. ones. Uh, Linus Carlson is, yep. at, is also at one point per game. He's a bit older. He's 24. Uh, but a right wing. And he's obviously not going to bring what uh, what Lafferty brings. I think yeah. like, like internal competition for a fourth line spot from someone in Abbotsford this year, it would be a better way to fill up that position when we're thinking about cap flexibility. And then the sure. other guy too, Vasily Pod Colson. Well, um, they're letting him cook down there. It's when, nice. When like they're, I was, they're doing the right thing. When I was doing my prep, he was at over 0.8, which I yeah. think is like the it's like kind of the cutoff level of like where you want yeah. guys to be. Um but last night Abbotsford won six nothing against the yeah. Ontario Rain. But Colson didn't register a point. Uh, so he's only at mm. 0.79 right now. However, okay. um, I keep seeing clips of him posted by uh, the new clips poster guy at Canucks Army. Sorry, I forget yeah. the name. Is it um, Daniel Hall? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyways, yeah. um, has like eight shots on net, net the day before, and he's always he's doing a lot of like the driving to the net Bertuzzi mm. power things. Yeah, um, he's got. <laughs> So, so he's second on the Abbotsford Canucks and shots by one. Yeah. So he's one less shot than Sheldon Dries in okay. uh, six less games played. 
Okay. So I love that he's like swinging his nuts around and like going for it there. Yeah. Um, Atu Ratu, uh, 0.77 gold or uh, points per game. He's been, he's been apparently quite good. He's also been playing a lot more on the left wing, which uh, kind of stinks for, uh, like long term with the Canucks, like yeah, he's they he's, want him as the third line. Center, yeah, he's ideally, he's playing but... on um I think it was Chase Wooters' wing. It was okay. either him his wing or or Sasson's wing. Chase Wooters is such a fucking good hockey name. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's um, so stupid. The other guy that's been like kind of lighting it up is Tristan Nielsen. He's yeah. uh, also people point people eight keep mentioning him game. as like a uh, uh, sort of like Burroughs light. Yeah, like, yeah, you know like I mean? he um got a soft spice from Fort St. John. Hey. Uh, near me i guess uh, i guess i should hate his ass because i'm from boston (laughs) creek and and, uh there are rivals but just the fact that it's like kind of close geographically i'm i'm cheering for the kid but um yeah in the game that john and i went to he was definitely one of the standout players um so i'm I'm pulling for him but yeah yeah, like some sort of internal competition between like Baines, Pod Colson, Nielsen, Carlson, maybe Atu Ratu. I think yeah. we'd be better at like fleshing that out, which For leads sure. us to like the real big ones that I want to keep. And it's just because they're such rare player profiles. Like Dakota Joshua, he's on pace for 20 yeah. goals right now. He's Dude, also he's, shooting at like 20%. Of so, course, but he's just like, so, he's exactly what they've needed for so long. Like yeah. going back like 15 years ago. You know Size, I mean? he. Yeah. He, he in the league right now. I was looking at this for fantasy purposes earlier in the week. I think he's fifth or sixth in the league in hits. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's legit. He's legitimately good. And there was a lot of interest for him uh, when he was last a UFA. And if you recall during COVID, the Canucks and the Blues shared a farm team. And so, oh, right. Ryan yeah. Johnson had his like kind of finger on the Dakota Joshua yeah, yeah, yeah. pulse, and his agent was is vancouver based and so he uh, it was like you'll get good opportunity and you'll be able to be like an everyday nhl or in vancouver and that was kind of what his goal was right so that's yeah. why he and i think vancouver gave him two years of term instead of just one year yeah. i'm down to pay joshua to keep him 27 years a, old he, still and he plays like such a unique hard, he's a really smart player and he, he's just really he's just so nice to have in the lineup and he's a really tough guy and, too, right? and like which the which the team needs and he's has proven chemistry with garland right like mm-hmm. I, I think that's important too because you still have garland signed for two more years and it's not like garland's scoring so much that you're going to trade and be able to clear up that space and at this point like i don't know if you'd want to given how good that line has been yeah. um three goals by garland aside right like i think he's He's contributing in other ways. So uh, think about like what um, Tampa paid to get Tanner Janot. Yes, which right? is not looking good right now. <laughs> no, they paid an entire draft class for him. And uh, like if you're giving Dakota Joshua like Tanner Janot money, he's making like 2.6 right now. I think I'd be comfortable re-signing Joshua like up to $3 million per season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because he's like, and he's, he's, he's earned with, it, him, right? like, with him, it's not like giving a third or fourth liner term necessarily because, I mean, again, you said he's shooting 20% or whatever, but mm-hmm. he does showcase some skill. And, he's shown and hands. He, he's shown hands and he just brings something to the lineup that it's not, it wouldn't be like signing a Jay Beagle type player. Right? Yeah. Like he's a, already shown he's better than Jay it's Beagle. It's a rare so. player type, right? And, yeah. and I'm also like more 
willing to give that to players that are already on the team, right? Not bringing in some like unknown quantity. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other one that I think is like absolutely uh, essential one to try and resign is Zadorov. Yeah. It, one, it helps balance out the, the acquisition costs. And just like um, Dakota Joshua, it's a rare player type. He's massive. He's got decent puck moving. He brings something that they don't have on the defense with the hits. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know like different insiders are saying it might be hard because he wants term. But I think with where this team's positioned, fuck it. Give him the term. And he loves it here. Did you see that interview he did? The podcast interview? No. The the quote? Let me see if I can find it. I, I, uh, I, I think that I, the only quote I saw is he said that um, Roman Yosi is the best defenseman he's ever played with. Because okay. um, he was asked about like Makar or Hughes. Because um, he's played with both of them, right? Right. So he did, uh, he did John Scott's podcast called Dropping the Gloves. Mm-hmm. And they asked him, when you first got to Vancouver a couple of weeks ago, did anything stand out to you in terms of the locker and the culture of the organization that was different from other teams you played for? And this is so nice to hear after the, after the Benning era. Zadorov said, well, the organization is different. It's the way they take care of the players. It's another level. I mean, I've probably seen something closer to that in Buffalo last time. The food, the staff, doctors, everything, like everything top notch, literally. And I think the coaching for sure. During the practice, we have nine coaches and they're like, we have two Sedins, we have Gonchar, we have Talk, we have Adam Foote. We have unbelievable players in the past and they can always, after some games, they come and they give you these little tips. They're super friendly. It's a great environment inside the room because the players and the coaches are connected. They're like best friends. Uh, we're also super respectful to them and we're listening to them, but it's a great, great chemistry in here between the coaching staff. That's so fucking nice to hear, dude. Yeah. And that, that means, I think, I mean, he likes it here, obviously. He wants to be here. So I think, you know, maybe he takes a little bit. And he, I think you brought this up last week or, or the previous week, but they're playing well enough now that it is the type of team where team players take discounts to That's, stay. Yeah, to help it's out, just you know? like back in like the late 2000s right that's what we talked about so yeah maybe maybe you can get away with like a i don't know five years four and a half yeah i'd be happy with five times five in fact if you tell me you give him five times six i'm like "Uh, it's kind of expensive but i'm like it's such a rare player type that i'm i'm here for it five times six is a lot that's a lot yeah i don't know about maybe maybe i should backpedal there um i would be interested to see him get a little bit of runway with quinn hughes as well on the right side yeah yeah why not i think yeah. that, i think that uh when susie really... comes back yeah oh absolutely. and the other one too is, is uh is tyler myers um he's low priority um and he did not have a great game against dallas um i think he's just going to be too expensive like if it was like a two by two or whatever i'm like all right cool but no, I, I think there's a good he'll, chance he'll sign a team will sign him for like four years legitimately Some yeah stupid team will yeah i think a dumb team's gonna sign him for like four three times four or something like he, I hope, I hope Edmonton signs him. That'd be really funny because he's like known commodity. He's yeah. big. He's produced okay this year. He plays on the yeah. right side. Like, he, was a, he was a first round pick. He he won the Calder Trophy. Like there are, I mean, there's no one stupid as stupid as Benning in the league still. But there are like you know Benning esque GMs and managers. And yeah. They look at that sort of thing and they're like, well, he was drafted in the first round. Yeah, in fucking 2007, 2008, whatever <laughs> it was. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I there are teams stupid enough to sign him to a longer term deal. And yeah, I, I, and I hope it won't be. It won't be. The, it will not, not be the Canucks. Canucks. And good for him, you know, because yeah. I think by all accounts he's a very nice guy. He's been obviously he's still Tyler Myers. He's had like 
He had some shifts yesterday that were not very Tyler Myers. Good. <laughs> the one I the one I specifically remember was he like it was like a long shift in in the Canucks zone, and he like got the puck sort of in front of the net and just like shot it off the backboards really lightly and it just bounced right to a Dallas player. Like he he got the puck, <laughs> yeah. he took a second to think, he turned around, <laughs> shot it off the fucking backboard to like bounce it out mm-hmm. and then it of course it went right to a Dallas player because it wasn't it was just like it just shows you like the difference in like play, how players like think the game and like that's yeah. such a good example I think of like hockey IQ, right? Like a, a player with high hockey IQ is going to take a second and make the right play. And yeah, with he, Tyler Myers, he takes like, a second to make the wrong play. Yeah, he has all this. He has all like the physical skill in the world, yeah. and then just like throws it back there, right? So I, I, I um, do feel like there's an offhand chance that, like, I mean, he makes a summer home in Kelowna. I know. I think his family's from the area as well. Yeah, he is a family man himself. I always hear that come up. So maybe there is yeah. a chance where he's like, you know what, I they paid me way too much over the last uh, five years. Like I can take, I'll do two by two here or whatever. In which case I'm like, all right, fine. Um, So a a little nugget that Rick Dollywall dropped to that, 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 that that's all folks. A nugget (laughs) that Dollywall dropped today was that Noah Juleson has been giving, he's been given his housing letter. Which is the team that means he'll be here, like, go ahead and get a house in Vancouver if you want. Okay, you know what? Good for him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's earned it, like, he's been great on the penalty kill. He's been better. He he had a there was like a blunder uh, against Dallas last night where I think he just directly passed it to a a Dallas player while falling over or something. I forget the exact minutiae of it, but I uh, oh, buddy, you've been doing so good, yeah. Um. (laughs) But I mean, he signed next year at league minimum as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So that maybe that's like another one where you can like slot him in as your six right handy, which he's been doing just fine right now. Right. Yeah. And then you can save money um, to pay someone else more. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's all of them, I guess. So it sounds like we're we're pretty much. Oh, yeah. The Smith back Mm -hmm. to the Smith for one second here. Credit to Yaya and Discord. What do you think about trading him at the deadline? Yeah, I, I I've seen people talking about this, and like, I mean, given goaltending in the NHL this year has fucking sucked, right? Yeah, it's and been like, real bad. And if you're not gonna resign to Smith, like, and and Shilovs is playing really really well in the AHL, mm-hmm. and you can get like, I don't know. I don't know what you would get. Maybe I, I'm not sure what you would get is the thing, I guess. But like, if there's an offer there, like. That's a kind of a smart play to do because I yeah. don't like you said I don't think resigning him makes a ton of sense. No. Um, if you can get an asset for him, like what if you trade him for like a second or something? Yeah, and you like recoup that the, the cost of acquiring, well, dumping Tanner Pearson and yeah. and acquiring him in the first place. Like I think it's kind of smart, but I think yeah. it also depends on what the team's intentions are, right? Sure. Because if yeah. it is like, hey, we want to we're a contender that's going to challenge in the playoffs. Well, they won't, they won't do it. And it's, I, well, the other thing that I think you have to keep in mind is like, he does seem to be fitting in the dressing room. Really, really. I've well. heard that as well. And Demko and him really get along. Yeah. So I think like that would sort of like, you wouldn't want to fuck the vibe. You don't want to cause like a mutiny, right? Where like yeah. players are like, what the fuck? Like, why did we trade him? We love having him here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you do and have then to look like, at that. Y- 
again, if you like fancy yourself as a bit of a, a contender, it's like, well, what if Demko gets hurt? Are we going to be going yeah. into the playoffs with Silovs as our number one, which yeah. I wouldn't really have an appetite for at the moment, yeah. uh, World yeah. Cup performance aside. So yeah. it's interesting. I, it's an interesting probably, like thought experiment. It, though, yeah, for sure. Well, the other interesting thing, too, is remember last uh, deadline going up to it. Mm-hmm. They just started re-signing everybody. Yeah. Um, besides like Kyle Burroughs, I guess. But they yeah. re-signed Breezebois. They re-signed... When did Juleson happen? I know Juleson happened later as well. Um, mm-hmm. Wolanin was the was another one that they re-signed. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm missing a third one here. And then, basically everyone else, they just jettisoned out, right? Yeah. Like, Shen, they gave him boot. So, I'm sure... Obviously, they're not going to be trading away all of these... These lads... But, it but could, yeah, a couple like of them. maybe yeah. there is a market for a Tyler Myers and you have uh, Susie back. You've yeah. given Juleson his uh, his his home letter. Like, well, maybe you try and just slide Juleson in instead of Myers and get some value there. Yeah. Um, I, but to your earlier point, right? Like, are they going to want to upset the mix? And it seems like Tyler Myers is pretty beloved in that room as well. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a really fun deadline and offseason. I'm so, uh, you know, we, we have said this a lot so far this season, but I'm, we're so excited for the deadline because for the first time in forever, there are going to be buyers. Yeah. And, and we have someone smart at the helm. So not only will they be buyers, but it's going to be like, all right, they're going to target good players and they're yeah. going to make smart moves, right? So yeah. I'm, I, like, it's been so long. Hopefully they don't run since, out of time at the deadline. Yeah. Oh God, dude. Like it's been so <laughs> it's been so long since I've had confidence in the management group and like going into the deadline with Benning was so terrifying every single year because you knew he wasn't going to sell, obviously, for mm-hmm. various reasons. He was gonna fuck it up and, and more often than not he did. Um and like I guess like the Toffoli trade was like around, I don't even like that, that year's a total fucking write off to me. I wasn't really following them then anyway, as I've said before. January so, or February ish. Yeah, I think, Feb- yeah. So I think this year, um, it, it just, it's going to be really, it's going to bring me back to like college and high school where you'd be like constantly refreshing and like checking to see like, cause it's really, it has been that long since I've cared about a deadline in terms of them like, actually bringing players in but i remember i mean know, i was pretty freshly well, last deadline like still well, hoping and praying that we saw miller to to pittsburgh for sure for sure but i mean in terms of like buying right like yeah. I, I remember being in high school and like listening to the radio between classes because that was like the only way to get updates back then mm-hmm. or like run to the computer lab and check canucks.com and being like oh my god they, they traded for jeff sanderson you know like oh yeah um, being, i was it, i was fucking pumped about uh, that one martin rachinsky oh fuck yeah yeah hell yeah you know um, who's that goalie from buffalo mika noranen yeah, yeah. He, like, don't think played a single game he but, played uh, at least two i don't think he started any game i want to say he didn't start any game really maybe, but i feel like i feel like the whole thing with him is that is that uh crawford refused to let me look him up. Maybe maybe I'm misremembering, but I, yeah, I feel I, like I could have sworn he hardly he got played like, at all. Like a couple and was okay. Maybe it was coming in in relief. He played four games, uh, 3.52 goals against average. He did have a win. So he did play. He did. You're right. He did play a couple games Woo! for them, but I think two in relief, it looks like, because he was one and one here. So uh, he started to. I, I misremembered. But, well, um, and then he went to, to Russia after that. And he had a long career in Europe. He, he played until 2016. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, Good for him. And he wasn't playing that many games by the end. But um, 
Yeah, that was I, I do not that not I don't want a deadline like that where they acquire a bunch of like garbage, but like mm-hmm. I am excited to be like, oh my god, like are the Canucks are gonna bring in like a a fun player to watch. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I'm really excited for that. So yeah, that's no, be, that, that'll be good. No, the last one where they were like buying that I can rec- was when they did the Cassie and Hodgson trade, which obviously I hated yeah. at the time, which yeah. turned out to be like a misplaced <laughs> rage. Yeah, it was a wash. Yeah. Um about confidence and uh management. So on the last Patreon episode, mm-hmm. uh we posed the question, which I thought was an original question. Is who would you rather own the Canucks, the Aquilinis, or the Saudi oh, royal family? Our, our friend Yerky has already posed this he question. Posed a few this months question ago. Yeah. He posed this question in January of this last year. So it's yeah. been like almost a full year now, right? Yeah. Um, and we can remember where the, this was January 11th. This yeah. was uh, right around the time they fired Boudreaux. Yes. Um, yeah. I think a week before. So his, his poll had more juice. He got seven, 674 votes. And at the time, 78.5% of people voted for the Saudi Public Investment Fund. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it was leave, leaving 21.5% for the Aquiline Investment Group. <laughs> so in our poll, it got only 10% of the votes. Uh, don't have... Stefan's not on Twitter anymore, so he can't really juice our, uh, our stuff. Yeah. Um, very selfish, but... <laughs> So th- on this post, uh, when, when we posed it on December 18th, Saudi's only won with 61%. <laughs> so do you, I guess wow. that shows like a little bit of a change in perception. That's great of, news for Aquilini. <laughs> of, uh, of, of, you know, over the last year, given the success of the team, yeah. um, still pretty, pretty big win for the Sods. Maybe yeah. Yerky's followers are more pro sod that could it could be that it could be that yeah that it might be that you got to consider that like maybe that could be the case yeah may, maybe our followers just you know respect the rights of like women more than yerkies that could be it that could be it yerky you yeah might wanna, you, you might want to look into maybe that. you should think about that yeah where <laughs> you brag about having the same idea that we had or like maybe i just like subconsciously saw that a year ago and it was just like it popped back up again that could be it too, um, but yeah Either way, great news for Aquilini. Congrats, sir. Yeah. I guess we can go a little bit long because it's, it's, it's Christmas, our gift to you. Did you yeah. see the latest Pedersen news from Pierre Lebrun in The Athletic today? I did. It's, yesterday. It seems like good news. It's, so it sounds like his agent, J.P. Barry, is going to be presenting him with some options. In yeah. Media. So this comes from Darren Dredger. Okay. Uh, I guess he first reported this on Thursday or some shit. But... Mm-hmm. um. Yeah, he's going to be presenting the options for contracts that make sense in the new year. Uh, okay, have it pulled up now. Patterson's still not in a rush to begin extension talks with the Canucks, but uh, Dredge reports reported that the situation could change in the new year. J.P. Barry, veteran agent for Patterson, will walk his client through the contract options that make sense before officially engaging with the Canucks. There's no hurry to get it done as he's a pending RFA, but the Canucks are obviously eager to get that process started finally. Woo! That's something. That sounds good to me. I, I, I am nowhere near as worried about the Pedersen contract stuff as I was at the start of the season, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll resign him. I mean, I think I'll, I'll call my shot. I don't think it's like hard to call, yeah. but I, I believe they will resign him to a long-term deal um, before the end. Here's, of the here's a hypothetical my, I was guess. thinking about for this offseason. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know who's one year left in their contract after this season is uh, Brock Besser. Yes. That's going to be an interesting decision. Uh, 
Yeah. Do you think there's any possibility where Pedersen's like, hey, I'll re-sign long-term, but you got to re-sign my boy long-term too. I don't want him to go through. He's been through enough shit. That would be interesting. I mean, I think obviously the way Bester's been playing, he's playing well, unreal. Because that's, that's the thing, right? Like, I was real happy that like this contract year isn't happening like uh sorry i'm glad this isn't besser's contract here because that would be like a really imagine he finishes top even top five in the league in goal scoring right mm-hmm. like that is a payday um and like would you be comfortable re-signing a brock besser for like eight million a year if he's playing really. like this, sure. If he's playing like this, sure, but I I don't But know like there's also a lo- a larger sample of him like not playing like this. And I yeah. think you know, given the changes that he made to his training in the offseason and like where he's at mentally, et cetera, et cetera, like yeah. I, I think there's probably some tangible things that he's changed For in sure. order to like get where he's at now. I but, just really don't I just, uh, I just I don't want I don't want the fan base turning on him again. You know what I mean? If I know, right? And like and like falls off. So like I if he if he wants that much money and wants to get paid I I I don't want him to leave the Canucks it's it's a tough call right but like yeah because it's been so like it's been such a great year oh, we've but. said this before right like he is he was the beacon of hope in the darkest days of Canucks fandom right yes oh, um yeah. so it it's been really cool seeing him uh finally get like this big glow up that we kind of thought this was where he was going to be back in twenty was it twenty sixteen twenty seventeen um. Yeah, he's shooting at uh, 25% right now, so that's going to calm down. Sure, um, yeah. But, I mean, even if he, like, levels out and is that, like, 30-goal scorer that we thought while being defensively responsible, I'm here mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I guess that's a, a conversation we'll be having more in the offseason. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> the other kind of dolly wall nugget from today is that there seems to be no real push to get rid of Kuzmenko. Yeah, it like, seems like this is good news in that Kuzmenko is happy with this and wants to become a better player. And want, like that's Again, another example of like the culture they've created in the locker yeah. room where Tockett is being hard as fuck on Kuzmenko like publicly in the media and Kuzmenko's like, yeah, I want to become a better player. Like, I don't, I don't mind this. Mm-hmm. He's saying all the right things. His agent's saying all the right things. Tockett's saying all the right things. So... Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's there, good news as well. There was that interesting yeah. thing that Elliot said where he said he isn't worried so long as he's, like, getting first power play time, and obviously that's not happening now. So I yeah. guess we'll have to see how things progress. But yeah. Dollywall said that as of today, he spoke to Milstein, and Milstein's, like, still very happy. And yeah. he actually pointed to the, the Zadorov situation in Calgary where everyone thought like, Oh God, look what Milstein did with Zadorov when he didn't like his ice time. Like, is he going to do that here? But apparently like Milstein and Canucks management talk like daily and have like clearly a very good working relationship. Right. So like they're, they're seemingly all on the same page of like, this is what he has to do better. Um, what did they say today? There were, I guess they didn't name names, but they said there was a Canucks player. Mm-hmm. that had such a bad relationship with a former Canucks coach that he yeah. wouldn't even learn from the coach that he was going to be healthy scratched. It would come from the Canucks PR team. Is it like, uh, I'm trying to think of players. This is like relatively recently. Did they I, say, I, that, did... That's the sense that I got, but what if it was like 
Did Nate Schmidt get healthy scratched a lot? I don't remember. That was or like once in a while. May, maybe. I feel like that's when I wasn't gonna, really gonna, paying attention. I know. Uh, who, it could have been a lot of players. I think. Um, I'm just googling Nate Schmidt healthy scratch Canucks. Vertanen maybe. Oh, that could be. Yeah. But um, um, I don't know. It could be. I feel like I don't know if Schmidt got scratched with the Canucks, but it seemed like he was like miserable here. Yeah. He's, well, the, he's the first guy I would have thought of. But. Well, anyway, the, the point of that is like, that isn't happening here. I guess like the communication's really good. Kuzmenko mm-hmm. knows what he has to do. Like you saw that video of him, like, like, you know, amping up the boys when they, uh, they came back after that Nashville win. Like he seems yeah. engaged still. So, I mean, maybe teams in the league aren't fucking that, that stupid, right? Like, one, they've seen that he's a 39 goal scorer, but two, they, they've seen that he's playing 11 minutes a night and making five and a half million dollars on the fourth line. Like, yeah. I, I doubt you're going to get good value for him at this point. And it's an interesting debate of like knowing wh- when to cut your losses. Like, is Kuzmenko ever going to be a talkit player? Like, yeah, can he skate fast enough? I don't know. Is he going to be able to be north south and like get back onto Pedersen's wing? He doesn't strike know. me as that type of player. No, so. um. But look at Brock Besser, right? Like, has that situation told us, taught us anything yeah. where maybe Players you should change. be patient with guys that have shown potential to score a lot? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, one Could last be. thing for my notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, whose dick does Garland have to suck to get on PP1? It's <laughs> a good question. He's I, been playing so well, man. I am not He's a fan really, really of uh, the Heronic on Power Play 1. Like, mm-hmm. I would like to see Kuzmenko draw back into the lineup for a couple of reasons. One, like, yeah, I want to see him get more opportunity for sure. I want to see him get like maybe another run with, with Pedersen, right? Like see, see what happens. Like obviously he has to earn it, but, um, I I just think the power play looks way better with him on it. And I just, I don't like the, the look and feel of, uh, of fucking Heronic there. And if you're not going to put Kuzmenko back up on PP one, I think the Garland could dish. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Fucking, and he's so good at just like winning puck battles and, and digging for pucks and stuff. Yeah. Like, and, I think he would be a contributing member of that power play. Um, yeah. on probably the half wall. Right. Or yeah. maybe like, he's not going to be a real big shooting threat, but like mm-hmm. for setting up, I think he's probably better in that capacity than, than Heronic would be. So yeah, I'd like to see it. Yeah, putting it out uh, there into the ether. That's a good idea. Thank you. We'll, we'll we'll see if it happens. That's a great idea, though. You know, there's another thing I like. I know, just every Canucks thought before we go on vacation for a bit here. Yeah, I love like the last minute of the period when we get to see the Lotto line. Yeah, that is nice. I think they they had a shift. I think it was in the the Dallas game. It was like the last minute of the first period. Yeah, and it's like. Oh damn! These guys, these guys can control play at five on yeah. five. Um, <laughs> it's just a shame that we don't get to see that uh, more All often, unfortunately. Yeah. But overall, you know what? Uh, as we as we head into the holiday break, not much to complain about. Which yeah. Is, uh, I look. We still hate this team. Just to be clear, yeah. we're still haters. Fuck. All right. Um. But yeah, it is. You know, we. What is there to complain no, about? It's, like, it's a nothing. podcast it's about loving the Canucks. It's just called it I Hate This Team because, I mean, right. you, you all know. You've been Canucks yeah. fans as well. 
Yeah, I hate this team. I hate this fan base. Um, I hate our listeners. No, I'm just kidding. Nah. I like I like all our listeners. They're great. Um, thank you for listening and, and supporting us, everyone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, happy happy holidays. See you after Christmas. Ho ho ho. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. I was I was gonna uh I was thinking earlier that I could we could think of like Canucks puns to to make the title oh, of yeah. the show. And yeah. um we could just like pick one. But yeah. uh we're we're like finished now, we can't do it. So the one I thought about, of was uh, Oh you yeah, got no, yeah, let's yeah. hear yours. Hark the Herald Drew can sing. Oh, that's better than yeah, that's really nice. That's really good. Mine was gonna be um uh, uh, we wish you uh, Merrick Malik Christmas instead of Merry Christmas. <laughs> I just thought of that good. now. No, uh, Hark the Herald Druken Sings is real. I mean, that's the thank one. You. That's, uh, yeah, that's that, was, that was what I was doing on my drive home. Also driving. Yeah. And I was like, ho, 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 Glander. Eh, I could use some work. <laughs> that's obvious. I think I yeah. think the Herald Druken one is a deep cut. That's good. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Well, Hark the Herald Druken Sings, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Peace. I don't want a lot for Christmas It's just one thing I need I don't care about the presents Underneath the Christmas tree I just want you to get on my cock Just fucking get the fuck on top Make my wish come true Now just tell you how you gotta feel it deep 
deep, yeah. Hard and fast and rough, yeah. Now just come you right now. Yeah, my, my love just come out. Right into your pussy. And even in your throat and mouth. You just gotta feel it now. Make my fucking love come out. Make my wish come true. You're all I want for Christmas is sex, sex, baby. All I want for Christmas is sex, baby. All I want for Christmas is sex. Oh, my.